I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to r slash entitled parents, where this girl's ex-boyfriend's mum is mad at her for breaking up with him. Now, before we get into this one, guys, no face cam on this episode and some for the foreseeable. I'm currently away on holiday in Italy. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing day to day, you can go and follow me on Instagram over at RedditorYT. I'll put up some pics right now on screen of what I've been getting up to. Come and follow me. It's wonderful. So yeah, if the audio sounds a little bit different, that's why, but I'm trying my best. Link to my Instagram is down in the description below. With that being said, let's get into the first story. My ex's mother is mad at me for breaking up with her angel boy. So basically, I, a 15-year-old girl, and my ex, a 15-year-old boy, broke up a little over a month ago. In the first couple of weeks, my friends were comforting me. For some background, he was manipulative and forced me to do things I didn't want to, like sending photos, etc. It took me over two months to finally break up with him. Like I said before, the first couple of weeks after the breakup, I was just being comforted. Then after that, his mother began harassing me with messages and voicemails. It was just mild at first, although I never answered the calls because I was scared of his mother. Her son was one of those boys who always acted differently in front of certain people. And I was stupid enough not to see that this was a very red flag. Anyway, his mother obviously thinks he is an angel sent from heaven who can do no wrong. So when I told her about what he did to me, she lost her head. She started spam calling and spam texting me. I, as a teenager, was very afraid, so I shut my phone off and decided to just leave it for a bit and hope things would die down. The next morning, when I checked my phone, I had over 100 text messages and 35 missed calls. I checked through all of them. The texts were, of course, the typical, How dare you? My child is an angel. He would never do that to anyone cursing me out and all that stuff, but the voicemails were more vulgar. She said that she was going to find where I live and hurt me. And in one of the voicemails, I will never forget what she said. You, young lady, are a very spoiled brat. You are just sad that you can't get my son to send to you. So you're making all of those lies and fibs up so that you can gain some sort of dominance? You will never, and I mean never, have any man in your life ever again because of this. I hope that you end up lonely and miserable because that is all you'll ever be. And then it ended with some rustling and muffled yelling before it beeped. But at that point, I was having a panic attack and couldn't breathe. That was a couple of days ago. Of course, he hasn't and won't tell his mother the truth so he can keep his angelic image. But lately, he's been texting me and saying that I should drop all of this because his mother won't stop yelling at him to call me or text me. My friends tell me that I shouldn't because I'm not in the wrong, but I think I am. Now, before I comment on this story, Opie has given us a little update. This morning, I told my parents about what happened and asked them if they could give her a call to talk to her, the ex's mum, I assume. They haven't told me anything yet because they're both at work, but I haven't got any more messages or calls from my ex. Neither my parents nor me want to get police involved in case it goes too far and we might end up going to court. We don't have much money to spare for a lawyer, so we try to solve most things by ourselves. My dad is an ex-police officer, so he knows and understands how wrong all of this is. 
I am, however, grounded for a bit, seeing as I had a boyfriend. I was going to tell them, but then I broke up with him, so I didn't see a point until all of this started happening. I'm going to wait until tomorrow morning to see if they call or text me again. If not, I'll block his number on everything. If they do, I'm handing my phone over to my parents. Well, there you go, OP. It sounds like you're doing the right thing and you have the right mindset. What I would say is there's no way you're in the wrong here. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? You're the one that's getting harassed by a mother of your ex at the age of 15. Uh, If anyone's in the wrong here, which they are, it's definitely her. No, mum, dad, younger brother and aunt. I'll keep on doing my little tradition. I, a 27-year-old woman, had an older brother, a 25-year-old male, who died in 2014. He was the older brother any girl would want, and we were close. He taught me valuable lessons in life, such as cooking, driving, and never giving up. Showed me anime manga, would go on little road trips, and we flat out ignore our parents' favoritism with my younger brother. Sadly, he died when a shooting happened. He was not a criminal, he was only eating when it happened. And there was an investigation, and police found he was not involved in any illegal activity. One of the bullets killed him instantly, He was only 25 and I was 19 in 2014. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't fall into a deep depression. It came to the point where I stopped eating and lost around 55 pounds in a month and a half after his passing. I only drank water and milk that would fill me up. I didn't want to get better until one day my former sister-in-law called me to tell me that he left me some things. I met up with her and the stuff he left behind was an album with Polaroid pictures of our crazy adventures graphic anime tees, and a chain with both of our initials. I was in tears and I decided to get help because he would love to see me happy and not dying of sadness. It's been years since his passing and I'm doing a lot better. And I have a tradition that on his birthday, I leave flowers at his grave. I only stay for two minutes and then leave after singing him happy birthday. My therapist said this was a good idea. However, my parents, younger brother, and aunt decided to have an intervention thinking religiously that I was doing something satanic, that I was calling out the dead, that they should have thrown the things he left me in the garbage, and that I should attend to their church to see if the Lord gets those diabolical ideas out of your head. I was shocked and told them that I won't stop doing this tradition and I won't be attending their church, that this is their older son and that if they keep behaving like this, I won't feel bad at all for having to go no contact with them. They kept on yelling at me and my aunt went as far as to throw holy water at me. I'd had it at this point and told them that when they stop being religious nuts, we'll talk. But as of today, I want nothing to do with them. I left before any of them could say anything. It's been a week since the incident and I've blocked their numbers. I just saved myself from toxic family members and I won't go back there ever again. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not religious myself, but I'm all for religion. You can practice whatever you want. I don't care. In fact, I encourage it. Do what makes you happy. However, when it gets to a situation like this and your religion has come to this extent to which you are literally choosing to pretty much forget your dead relative, yeah, that's too far for me. By all means, do what you want personally, but when you're preaching your ideology and your thoughts onto somebody else and using religion as an excuse, yeah, that's too far. That is nuts. Fair play to you, OP, for going no contact. I rate that highly. My mother called me selfish for wanting to be an organ donor and cremated when I die. My mother said this years ago. My brother passed away suddenly from cancer in 2019, 27 hours after being diagnosed. Oh my God. He was 37. It tore our family apart from the grief. It's caused us to make up our living wills and how we like to be buried. 
I was close to my brother, so he told me what he wanted if he died four years before he did. I planned his funeral and everything. My mother trusted me and was pleased at how I planned it. The day after his funeral, we were talking about how he wanted our bodies to be handled after our death. I told her I wanted to donate my organs and whatever is left, I wanted cremated and most of my ashes scattered. If family wanted to keep some, they can. My mother asked how else will she visit my grave? I told her I don't want a grave. And again, I said they can have some of my ashes and plan a funeral if they like. I don't really care if I get a funeral or not, personally. Then she told me it's a sin to not have your body intact when going into heaven. When I reminded her I am a non-believer, she started calling me selfish for putting a burden on her by making her think I'm going to hell for my body not being intact and an atheist. She started calling me selfish for not having a grave for her and family to visit and selfish for not letting family keep all my ashes. When I told her my body, my choice, my mother started to cry and said, well, if you die before me, I'll make sure you have a grave. I don't care what you want. How could you be so self-absorbed? I felt bad and apologized. She said, think about someone else for once. Do you know how selfish it is to want to pollute the environment with human remains? Yeah, I know now that I said nothing wrong, but at the time I felt like the butthole for not letting my family visit my grave. So that's why I apologized. Since then, I wrote a living will because I can't trust my mother to handle my wishes. Recently, when the conversation steered to death and burial, I again repeated my wishes. My mother said, No, you're not. I'm not going to live the rest of my life thinking my daughter is in hell. I'll plan everything for you. Okay, mom. I mean, ultimately, this is a pretty tough one. There's not much more you can do other than write your living will and make sure that the family members you actually like and trust know about it. Apart from that, yeah, if you're dead, you're dead. I mean, for what it's worth, I think it's pretty disrespectful that your mum can't even accept your dying wishes. It is your life after all. And look, obviously, it's going to be extremely sad and unlikely, let's be realistic, that you die before your mum. But it's your life and she should respect that. Other than that, got to say, it sounds like a lovely woman. What's her number? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now for our final story of today's episode. Now this one, trust me, you're going to enjoy. Turning the lights off doesn't make it cooler. Current heatwave in the UK reminded me of a massive blowout at a previous job back in 2017. I returned to work after a period of sickness. I came into the office to find that the lights are off and the aircon is off too. Now, in the UK, aircon is still not standard and being in an office where the sun hits you most of the day, it was bliss to have it on. We had filters on our windows to stop people looking in and seeing our computer screens, but they did not stop the heat coming through. The office was like an oven. My little desk fan did nothing, and having the lights off meant that I could barely see my screen, let alone my desk. I raised this with my manager, who was the office health and safety rep, and was told that two of the 20 people in the office didn't like the lights on because it made them feel hotter. So they turned off all the lights. I asked, then, if they felt hot, why turn off the aircon? And the answer 
because they didn't like the air blowing on them where they sat. The temperature in the office was hitting 26 degrees Celsius, that's 78 Fahrenheit, and the light levels were like trying to work at dusk. I told my boss that I couldn't work under these conditions because they were triggering the condition that I'd been off with, and I was told to go work in another office. I then tried to bring it up with the two people who caused this by asking why they'd chosen to turn off the aircon and the lights, and I was told that they felt too hot with the lights on and the aircon blew directly on them, which was too annoying. Now, the lighting was ultra low emission lighting, so it gave out no heat. And when I said this, I was told that it didn't matter because it was how they felt. And if you have a problem with that, then go work somewhere else. I put my concerns in writing to my boss and got an email back telling me to go find another office to work in. But before I could move, he would have to approve it. Now, I was on the company H&S team, which sat over the office reps, i.e. my boss. And at the next meeting, I brought up that I understood that there were no minimum or maximum heat requirements for an office, but what were we to do if it was hitting 26 degrees Celsius, but the aircon was off? I was told by our CFO, obviously, to turn on the aircon. I explained that two out of 20 people didn't want it on. The CFO scribbled down something and said he'd look into it. I then brought up minimum light levels, for which there is legislation, and how we were falling below those. My husband had lent me a light meter to check, which I did one lunchtime when most of the team were out. The CFO asked why it was so dark, and I said that those same two people insisted on all the lights being off because it felt hotter with them on. Again, frantic scribbling. I was off the next day, and then it was the weekend. I came in on the Monday to the aircon on, the lights on, and the two moaners glaring at me. Then my boss calls me into a meeting and tells me that he got shouted at by his boss, the big boss, because the CFO had come to him and torn him a new one over the lights and aircon. It seems the CFO had come into the office on the Friday when the managers and his boss had all gone out for a lunch together with the two moaners. You can now see how they had influence and talk with the rest of the office about the conditions and they'd all said that it was awful. He then waited for the bosses to come back and was sitting in the big boss's office. Turns out they'd had a long lunch. He proceeded to get into him about breaking H&S regulations over the lighting and that if two out of 20 didn't like the office, then they had to move, not inflict this situation on everyone else. The aircon was turned on and the lights and the CFO left. The two moaners went straight to the big boss and whined with their manager and were told that nothing could be done for them except that they had to find a different office if they didn't like it. They went on about their rights and the big boss told them it was not up for discussion. The two guys who were responsible for H&S for the whole company had come in with the CFO, checked the lighting levels and they were lower than I'd even thought. We were in serious non-compliance. So when I got called into the meeting with my boss, he was upset because he'd been shouted at by his boss because I'd gone to the H&S committee and not through him. I reminded him that I had brought it up verbally and in an email and he'd emailed back that if I was unhappy, I should move offices. Well, the big boss had thrown my boss and the boss of the two moaners under the bus and said he knew nothing of it. So now my boss was in trouble as the H&S office rep for allowing it to happen when he was supposed to check regulations before making decisions. Whilst I got the lights and aircon back on, it was a small victory. I left three months later. Well, hey, a small victory is a victory nonetheless, and it's a bigger victory for those 17 other workers that may or may not have stayed past those three months. I mean, it's crazy. Two out of 20 people want to change something, 18 people don't, 
and you change it. That's a strange democracy right there. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Really hope you enjoyed it. Now, I do apologize, as I said in the intro of this episode, if it's a bit dodgy. Um, again, I'll put an Instagram story up of the of the current situation I'm working with here. It's interesting to say the least. For a pro YouTuber, the word I'd use to describe it is spooky. Um, if you're English, you know what that means. If you're American, strange. Let's go with strange and unprofessional. It's interesting to say the least. Hope you enjoyed nonetheless, and I'll see you tomorrow with a brand new one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.